the Jacksonville Jaguars parting ways with the college come NFL head coach. Uh, looks like he might be looking for a job back in college football, though, Urban Meyer. As I say, the Jags uh, removing him from the position of head coach this week. Didn't get very long in the NFL in this first run at it. And with all the stories that are coming out, Rich, you can kind of understand why. Well, it's been a, an interesting 11 months, hasn't it? From the moment that Shad Khan, with a beaming smile on his face, announced that Urban Meyer was going to be the new head coach on a long-term contract of the Jacksonville Jaguars and all the hope that that brought with it, because it had been a, a subject that had been off debated, certainly stateside. Would Urban Meyer be able to make that transition? Would it be something he wanted to do, given he'd had so much success in, in the collegiate system? But really, from, from day one of that announcement, you had the strength and conditioning coach with, with a questionable background, shall we say, hired and summarily uh, dismissed, albeit by tendering his own resignation shortly after. Then you hear um, allegations via Josh Lambeau about Urban Meyer's conduct in preseason. You have the defeats in Cincinnati on Thursday night football. Urban Meyer then not flying back with the, the rest of the team on the flight to Jacksonville and being caught on camera in a bar with a lady who wasn't his wife. Um, that prompted, of course, Shad Khan to, to front up a, an issue of statements um, saying that Urban Meyer had to regain the trust and respect of everybody at the Jaguars and in the Jacksonville community. And then, of course, that rather damning statement that followed uh, the announcement that Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars had parted ways earlier this week when Shad Khan made it clear that he hadn't, in fact, regained the trust and respect of anybody concerned. So I think from Shad Khan's perspective, he's somebody that um, I've met on a number of occasions. I've got a lot of respect for myself. I think he'll be extremely disappointed with the way this year's panned out, given the, the hope and optimism that initially greeted um, this, this decision to appoint Urban Meyer in the first place. I think without doubt, it's important, not just for the organisation, but for Shad Khan in particular, to get this next appointment right. I don't think he can really afford um, to, to get it wrong. Uh, there was a, a statistic I read earlier this week. I think that, is it something like uh, in 11 seasons now, Jacksonville have only had six wins or more once? Mm. If that stands up, that's an incredible um, record. It defy in, a, in a league that prides itself on parity for all 32 franchises, That that's absolutely remarkable. So, yeah, it's not been a good period for Jacksonville. It's one that they'd like to move on uh, from and everybody concerned, I think, would probably rather forget sooner rather than later. But it is interesting, though, Richard, when when you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars at this point, they had first round, first pick quarterback Trevor Lawrence to anchor the offense. You bring in a highly respected and regarded, albeit college coach in Urban Meyer. And the whole situation has crumbled massively for them. Lawrence hasn't looked like he's developed yet in some people's eyes and by all accounts is struggling because Jacksonville as a franchise is struggling. And now they depart from a head coach where they had an option to get rid of Urban Meyer after the incident in Cincinnati in the bar. Now they've held on and given him a second chance and it's not worked out. And to me, that makes it seem like Jacksonville are now in the wrong because they've done something they should have done far earlier in the season, perhaps. We could certainly argue that. I, I think the fact that they've taken this decision before the regular season has come to an end actually reflects pretty well on them. It shows that there is leadership um, there in the organisation. I think when you, you look back on what the 11 months have produced under 
Urban Meyer and the stories that have come out and seemingly they haven't been able to, to stop the bleeding in in the media in, in that sense. It's quite remarkable. They've actually managed to win two games to to this point. You know, you know, you you've we've already referenced Josh the Josh Lambeau incident in preseason. Apparently, veteran wide receiver Marvin Jones had an issue with, with Urban Meyer and at one point was refusing to, to come into the organization to practice. Uh, and then confronted Urban Meyer in a, a heated discussion, as it was uh, described. Meyer's asked about it in the press conference, and Meadup turns around and denies it was a heated discussion, said that Jones had a question, and they discussed it amicably. There's been that much going on behind the scenes, uh, and you've referenced Trevor Lawrence there, the number one overall pick from this year's draft, the face of the franchise, the future of the organisation. How many times... For his play or anything else, have we heard Trevor Lawrence even referenced since he was over here winning that game against the Dolphins in London? You can count it on one hand, which in itself is remarkable. The story and the narrative around the Jaguars organisation has been all about Urban Meyer and not about their face of the franchise. It takes some doing to achieve that in today's media, but Urban Meyer managed to do it. He certainly did, and he'll be having to do it somewhere else now with his time as an NFL head coach seemingly done. And I doubt there are many franchises that are going to be reaching out to him to bring him into their organisation after what's happened. And there's no way that Urban Meyer is ever going to take a coordinator job anywhere, considering the, the record he still has in, in college football. Well, that, that record in college football, I think, is going to prove to be quite important. I don't see him returning to the NFL. I don't think there's any chance either that an organisation would want to hire him or that he would want to come back to the NFL. The question is, does he still have that coaching itch? If so, given his record in at the collegiate level, I think undoubtedly, despite all that's gone on this year, there will be uh, an organisation out there that are willing to, to take him on and just because they crave success. Uh, and Urban Meyer's proven time and time again he delivers at the collegiate level. That being said, I think probably more likely is the media path. It's where he went prior to um, joining up with, with Jacksonville earlier this year. I think it's a role he quite enjoyed. I wouldn't be surprised to see him back as part of, of an analyst team um, on TV next year. Yeah, interesting how you can break down the game when, again, everything that's happened, there's a lot of respect. Lo I mean, kicking Josh Lambeau. TalkSport loves Josh Lambeau. We, we've spoken to him so many times. He's a great guy. Really charismatic, friendly bloke just sits down and is happy to chat about anything. And if he's saying that Urban Meyer was a pain in the behind to deal with, maybe he was showing him some kicking practice. I don't know. Maybe he was try trying to teach him a new technique or something. But for him to not get on with uh, with Urban Meyer, it speaks volumes that a guy who's that friendly and nice has a problem with it. We shall see in the future. We need to talk about Sunday night football that's coming up here on TalkSport, though, Rich. And... Uh, we need to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are just too hot to handle on home soil at the moment this season. 6-0 and at home, a perfect record. And they've got the number one offence in football right now. They're the leading scoring offence in football. They're the number one passing offence. And now, albeit against a division rival, it's a very depleted New Orleans Saints that come into town. I've got no doubt that when NBC looked at the week 15 slate, this one would probably leapt off the page at them. And without doubt, we'll take that, that stage of the season. Sean Payton leading uh, a Saints in transition. Tom Brady leading the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers. What's not to like? Well, 
things haven't gone according to plan, have they, in, in New Orleans? Um, they went to famous Jameis, who fair play to him, credit where it's due. He did well whilst he was on the field, but then got that season-ending knee injury. They've had a raft of injuries um, outside of having to deal with the COVID pandemic, which, of course, everybody has had to deal with this season. And now you're with Taysom Hill under centre with a damaged finger. He led them to a victory last week, but let's put that in perspective. It was the New York Jets going up against the Buccaneers, different proposition. Um, and I know the Saints have got this great recent uh, regular season record against the Buccaneers, but they lost the one that mattered in the postseason last year. And I, I'll be honest, this would be the mother of all shocks if the New Orleans Saints were to get a win in Tampa. This is as well, it feels like, a, a Tom Brady-led Bucks offence and Bucks team, along with Bruce Arians as well. Let's not pretend that Bruce isn't involved as a head coach in this. Everybody talks about Brady being the leader and the guy that pulls the strings, but Arians at this point as well is very much in the case in the mindset you feel of, right, we've had the fun part of the season. We are now getting down to business. We need to stack these wins. And with the schedule they've got left, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can take the division with this victory this evening, if they can get it done, of course. And then two games against the Panthers? They're looking at number one in the NFC. And with this home record and home field advantage in the playoffs, they are going to be unstoppable if they get that. And Arians and Brady know how important that is as well going into the playoffs. I think home advantage this time around is huge, given that it's an extended 17-game regular season, given that you only do have one bye in the extended playoff system now as well to have home advantage to get the chance to rest your players up as well over that bye week whilst everybody else has to play let's not forget the Bucks did it the hard way uh, last time round they didn't have a bye they went on the road all four games well say four games the Super Bowl itself was back in in Tampa <laughs> wasn't it but but they got the job done so if they do get that number one seed no one can argue that they've earned it the, the hard way um, to get here and as champions that they, they deserve it that given the way they've played but yeah you you reference the this schedule to close out the season the Saints at home you've got the Panthers twice and the New York Jets as the Super Bowl champions I think that's uh, a December run-in that you can only dream of and if anybody is seeing anything other than 4-0 for the Buccaneers there well I, I'd like to have some of what you're drinking, please, because the way this Bucks team's playing right now, and importantly as well, you know, people pointed to the way the, the Bills rallied last weekend. But regardless, the, the Buccaneers still found a way to get the job done in overtime. I think if you're Bruce Arians, that's the type of game, given that you won it, that you really like at this stage of the season. Because, you know, despite what coaches and players tell us in the media, they do look at things like the remaining schedule. They do realise, on paper at least, it's not the hardest out there. And that sort of game just gets everybody's attention. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I think that he'll be, Bruce Aarons will be quietly content with what he's got right now, certainly with what's ahead of them and the opportunity that's very much in their hands. Now, we're talking on Friday, of course, Sunday night football is what we're discussing. Things can change, but Leonard Fournette didn't practice at the moment on the injury report. Leonard Fournette being out of this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense, though, isn't as bad as, for example, the New Orleans Saints losing Alvin Kamara from their offense. The balance 
and the ability to shuffle guys in and out. And when you've got somebody like Ronald Jones that can step in, it, it's a drop-off slightly considering how Leonard Fournette has played this year, but it's not a terrible drop-off compared to what the Saints have been dealing with and haven't actually won a game when Alvin Kamara has been out this season. You've just stolen my stats, <laughs> <laughs> but you are right. Um, uh, the, the New Orleans Saints pretty much go as Alvin Kamara goes. He is the MVP of the New Orleans Saints team this year. And it's important as well because it's the first season where they haven't had Drew Brees in forever. So they need their star players to make plays and lead the team. But it's difficult to do in the best of circumstances. When you've been down like uh, the Saints have over recent weeks, you're, you're starting tackles when you've had injuries on defence as well. This is what I was referencing earlier about how tough the, the Saints have had it this time around. You're trying to rebuild. You're trying to move on from a Hall of Fame quarterback. And make no mistake, Drew Brees is a first ballot Hall of Famer. You, you lose the man um, in Jameis Winston who you, you've decided you're going to go with. Um, you then go with Trevor Simeon. He doesn't quite cut it. And the reason Simeon um, got such a run was because Taysom Hill in the first place was injured uh, with a concussion and, and couldn't take his place in the starting lineup. Taysom Hill gets healthy. And in the first game, inside the first quarter, he's damaged a finger on his throwing hand. It's, and I don't think we're doing him any disservice by saying he, he's not in the top half of current starting NFL quarterback passes. Um, in the league right now. So he need, he needs all the help he can get in, in that respect. So, and like I say, he, le he led them to a win last week, but it's no surprise to anybody that the, the game clinching play was made by Taysom Hill using his legs to, to score a touchdown. That's not going to get it done um, against this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. Let's not forget, they are number one in the league when stopping the run to start with. So if that's your best weapon, that's then a problem if you're the New, New Orleans Saints. So they're almost daring you to, to throw the ball. And look, I, I haven't seen enough out of Taysom Hill um, in any game yet to convince me that you could put a game on his arm and confidently predict a, a win. And you're going up against the Super Bowl champions, the Buccaneers. Um, it's a tall order. You know, let, like I say, let's not try and dress this up as anything else. It's a heated divisional rivalry. The Saints have had the edge over the last three seasons. But this is a tall order on Sunday night. Where do you stand on this whole Taysom Hill idea? Has Sean Payton just been looking for the next great thing in the NFL that might take over? You know, that multifaceted, mobile, put anywhere in a position to confuse defences kind of player. And is it a risk that maybe just hasn't worked out for him? Or is there a genuine... Because I honestly think you're being overly nice to say he's probably not in the top half of NFL starting quarterbacks. I would probably put him down there 30th, 31st at best in this NFL. I don't see Taysom Hill looking like a quarterback. He looks like Zach Wilson does, and Zach Wilson's a rookie who's struggling a lot right now. Well, in my opinion, Taysom Hill isn't a starting quarterback in the NFL. I think there are 32 better quarterbacks out there right now. Um, but without doubt, Sean Payton has been high on him ever since he brought him to New Orleans. He's a great complimentary piece to have in your offense it, with the things he can do. Remember, he came in as a tight end initially, but you can put him in the backfield. He can uh, protect it in the passing game. He can play quarterback to a degree. Um, but I, th I think a complimentary piece is probably the right description. Um, he, obviously, he's got the ability to, to run the ball. You look at the statistics side by side, Taysom Hill, 
against Christian McCaffrey um, in that combine coming out of college. And in almost every category, Taysom Hill's slightly better. But nobody's playing Christian McCaffrey at quarterback. That, that's the point here. I think Sean Payton probably got a little enamoured um, with him. And then you've got this contract extension, another contract extension that Taysom Hill signed only several weeks ago, which on the base of it is $40 million, a $40 million contract, can rise up to $90 million, depending on what, which position Taysom Hill plays. If you're serious about winning in the NFL, you can't afford to have that sort of indecision, which is, I think, the message that it sends out at the most important pivotal position on the field. Um, so Taysom Hill, nice gadget player to have. He's not a starting quarterback. If you need to, if if the Saints are down early in this game and it becomes, uh, you, you know, you've got to throw the ball around the field, I'd put Trevor Simeon in there. He's a better pure passer for me than, than Taysom Hill. And I think that tells you all you need to know about it. It might sound to, to some Saints fans as if I'm being a bit harsh on Hill here, but if you're saying he's your quarterback, you've got to judge him as such. And you look at uh, certainly the game against Dallas, there were throws to be made there, opportunities um, down the field that Taysom Hill, it wasn't just he didn't make them, he missed them by a long way. Yeah, I think the Cowboys finished with four, four, uh, four interceptions in that game and at least three of them were gifts. Yeah, it's the quarterback conundrum of rock and a hard place, Simeon or Hill, I think, for the New Orleans Saints at this point. And it, it's almost baffling for Bucks fans, I'm sure, who are looking at New Orleans going, you guys are desperate to get Jameis Winston back. What is going on with you? I mean, Bucks fans are going to be laughing all over the other side of their face to be seeing that dilemma taking place in New Orleans right now with their division rivals. Well, this is the problem, isn't it, for, for the Saints and Sean Payton? I think he, he, he definitely, without doubt, likes certain aspects of both players. He loves the arm that Jameis Winston has got. Equally, he loves the physicality that uh, Taysom Hill uh, brings to, to the organisation. In an ideal world, he likes to have one player that can do both. He doesn't. And when you say you're caught between a rock and a hard place, that's exactly right here. I, look, I, it's difficult because they've just given Taysom Hill this extension I've spoken about. But if you're serious, you you have to be in the market for a quarterback, don't you, in this coming off season, if you're the New Orleans Saints. I, look, I'm sorry, but as long as Tom Brady is playing in this division, the Saints aren't going to be winning it. And when, when you've become used to playing competitive football, season in, season out, as the Saints have in the Drew Brees, Sean Payton era, that's a hard pill to swallow. But unless you're willing to make that decision. And I don't quite know how you marry it with the personnel in the organisation when you are giving this sort of money out, because it's not a cheap contract that Taysom Hill uh, has just got. But if you're looking at it from pure football terms, you've got to be looking for a new quarterback at the moment, I think. So if New Orleans are going to get a result tonight, is it their defence that needs to step up massively this evening in terms of shutting down? Mark uh, Lattimore has an incredible uh, record against Mike Evans. Yeah, it, it is. The, the problem that uh, the Saints have, of course, is that whilst they're quite good against the run game, they're, they're middle of the league at best uh, against the, the pass. And you look at the weapons that Tom Brady's got us at his disposal. It's not just Mike Evans. You've got Rob Gronkowski. Um, you've got uh, Godwin as well. And then you, you've got other players, as we saw with Perryman coming in um, in overtime last week as well. It, it's an embarrassment of riches, isn't it? Uh, and then you've you've got a backfield. You know, you spoke about Leonard Fournette earlier. If he plays, 
his his game passing uh, catching the ball out the backfield has improved markedly on what it was when he was in Jacksonville to the point where the Jags barely even looked at him if they were they were throwing the ball. He was seen as a liability. Well, Tom Brady has obviously worked with him hard um, in the time he's been in Tampa together, uh, and that's improved. Um, so, it, look, it it's difficult. Um, I keep saying it because this offense that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have put together is so impressive. The fact that it's not just talent. The talent has bought into what the entire organization is trying to achieve. That was borne out in the fact that every single starter from last year's Super Bowl re-signed with, with the organization to the point where players were actually turning down money in order to still be part uh, of this team. That's impressive in itself. Uh, that's a great compliment, in fact, to Bruce Arians and the coaching staff he's got around him. That egos have been pushed to one side. What is it that Robert Kraft always said? up at the New England Patriots. You check your ego in at the door. I don't know whether it's coincidence or whether it's um, an air that Tom Brady has about him. Uh, and You know, uh, an idea that he's brought into the organisation with him. But those egos have all been checked at the door in order for everyone to buy in to try and get yet more success at, at Tampa Bay. Um, when you, you've got that buy-in as well psychologically, as well as the talent physically that's on the field, it's difficult to overcome at the best of times. And like I say, with the New Orleans Saints, you've got a lot of weapons to try and guard against. And Marshawn Latimer's only Latimer was only one person.